babble.com. Language for life. Why babble? When you can't, when you want to learn a new language, you want to be able to inst actively use it. With real people in the real world, every part of the babble is designed with that goal in mind. Designed by pros. Lessons with realistic scenarios is designed by over a hundred linguists. Use what you learn. Interactive dialogues that get you speaking confidently. Learn on any device. Compatibility with both devices with lessons that are only 10 to 15 minutes. Remember everything. Reviews that bring you back everything you've learned. Number one selling language learning app. Download the app today and start learning language for your everyday life from the App Store or Google Play. Choose how you learn. To start with Babbel, choose the plan that works best for you. Babbel app subscription. Get unlimited access to hundreds of award-winning lessons designed for all learners based on level and time commitment. Babbel live subscription. You'll have access to live virtual classes taught by top language teachers available at a variety of days, times, and levels. Plus access to all Babbel online lessons. People love Babbel. Thousands of five-star reviews. Publications love Babbel like the Wall Street Journal, Business Insider, CNN, Forbes, The New York Times, The Washington Post, US Today, CNET. Choose for the following languages. Spanish, French, German, Italian, Russian, Portuguese, Turkish, Dutch, Swedish, Polish, Norwegian, Indonesia, Danish. Over 10 million subscriptions sold. PlushCare.com Healthcare that makes you smile. Virtual primary care and mental health treatment when you need it. Get personalized high quality healthcare by taking to top U.S. medical doctors all from the ease of your smartphone. Care for you and the ones you love most. High quality. PlushCare's highly skilled online doctors are trained at the top 50 U.S. medical schools with an average of 15 years of experience. Top Plush Care's online doctors give you and your entire family the peace of mind you should expect from your health care provider. Convenience. Just book an appointment, chat via video or your smartphone, and pick up your prescription from your pharmacy. Plush Care's advanced technology is integrated with most major insurance labs and pharmacies. Affordable. Talking to an online doctor has never been easier and more affordable for just your copay or $99 per visit. You can get quality care from one of our highly uh, from one of Plush Care's highly skilled online doctors. They are in network with most major insurers in the US and provide care in all 50 states. Over 415,000 patients cared for. Uh, here's continuing with U.S. President number 20, James Garfield. According to some historians of medical experts, Garfield might have survived his wounds had the doctors attending him had at their disposal today's medical research, knowledge, techniques, and equipment. Standard medical practice at the time dictated that priority be given to locating the path of the bullet. Several of his doctors inserted their unsterilized fingers into the wound to probe for the bullet, a common practice in the 1880s. Historians agree that massive infection was a significant factor in President Garfield's demise. 
Byron Peskin stated that medical malpractice did not contribute to Garfield's death, the inevitable infection and blood poisoning that would ensue from a deep bullet wound resulted in damage to multiple organs and spinal spinal bone fragmentation. Rutkel, professor of surgery at the University of Medicine and Dentistry of New Jersey, has argued that starvation also played a role. Rutkel suggests that Garfield had such a non-lethal wound. In today's world, he would have gone home in a matter of two or three days. The conventional narrative regarding James A. Garfield's post-shooting medical condition was challenged by Theodore Pappas and Shirazad Johar Afard in a 2013 article in the American Journal of Surgery. They argued that Garfield died from a late rupture of a splenic artery pseudoaneurysm that initially developed shortly after Guiteau's shooting of Garfield, thus preventing Garfield from bleeding to death immediately after he was shot by Guiteau, but instead allowing him to live for an additional 80 days. They also argued that the symptoms that Garfield suffered in the last couple of months of his life were actual cause, actually caused by acute cholecystitis based on Garfield's autopsy report. The authors speculate this condition developed as a result of his doctors actually puncturing his bladder in July 1881, three or four weeks after he was shot by Guiteau. Papas and Johar Ifard says, say, this caused a decline in Garfield's condition that was visible starting from July 23, 1881. Guiteau was indicted on October 14, 1881 for the murder of the president. Guiteau declared that he was not responsible for the death of Garfield. He admitted to the shooting, but not the killing. In his defense, Guiteau wrote, General Garfield died from malpractice. According to his own physicians, he was not fatally shot. The doctors who mistreated him ought to be ought to bear the odium of his death and not his assailant. They thought to be indicted for murdering James Ray Garfield and not me. In a chaotic trial in which Quito often interrupted and argued and, which, and in which his counsel used the insanity defense, the jury found him guilty on January 5, 1882, and he was sentenced to death by hanging. Quito might have, might have had neurosyphilis, a disease that caused, caused a physiological mental impairment. He was executed on June 30, 1882. Funeral Memorials and Commemorations Garfield's funeral train left Long Branch on the same special track that brought him there, traveling over tracks blanketed with flowers and past houses adorned with flags. His body was transferred to the capital and then continued on to Cleveland for burial. More than 70,000 citizens from waiting over three hours passed by Garfield's coffin as his body lay in state at the United States Capitol Rotunda. Later on September 25, 1881, in Cleveland, more than 150,000, a number equal to the entire population of that city, likewise paid their respects. His body was temporarily interred in a vault in Cleveland's Lakeview Cemetery until his permanent memorial was built. Memorials to Garfield were erected a across the country on April 10, 1882. Seven months after Garfield's death, the U.S. Post Office issued a postal stamp in his honor, the second stamp issued to issued by the U.S. to honor an assassinated president. In 1884, sculptor Frank Happersberger completed a monument on the grounds of the San Francisco Conservatory of Flowers. In 1887, the James A. Garfield Monument was dedicated in Washington. Another monument in Philadelphia's Fairmont Park was erected in 1896. In Victoria, Australia, Cannibal, Cannibal Creek was renamed Garfield in his honor. On May 19, 1890, Garfield's body was permanently interred with great solemnity and fanfare in a mausoleum in Lakeview Cemetery in Cleveland, attending the dedication ceremonies for former President Hayes, President Benjamin Harrison, and future President William McKinley. Garfield's Treasury Secretary William Wyndham also attended 
Harrison and the Garf Harrison said that Garfield was always a student and instructor, and that his life, works, and death would continue to be instructive and inspiring incident in American history. Three panels on the monument display Garfield as a teacher, a Union major general, and orator. Another shows him taking the presidential oath, and a fifth shows his body lying in state at the Capitol Rotunda in Washington, D.C. Garfield's murder by a deranged office seeker awakened public awareness of the need for civil service reform legislation. Senator George H. Pendleton, a Democrat from Ohio, launched a reform effort that resulted in the Pendleton Act in January 1883. This act reversed the swell system where office seekers paid up or gave political service to obtain or keep federally appointed positions. Under the act, appointments were awarded on merit and com competitive examination. To ensure the reform was implemented, Congress and Arthur established and funded the Civil Service Commission. The Pendleton Act, however, covered only 10% of federal government workers for Arthur, previously known for having been a veteran spokesman. Civil service reform became his most noteworthy achievement. A marble statue of Garville by Charles Nehas was added to the National Statuary Hall collection in the Capitol in Washington, D.C., a gift from the state of Ohio in 1886. On March 2, 2019, the National Park Service erected exhibit panels in Washington to mark the site of the assassination. Garfield's casket lying a state at Capitol Rotunda, Garfield Memorial Lakeview Cemetery in Cleveland, Ohio, Garfield Monument Golden State Park, San Francisco by Frank Happensberger, First Garfield's Bush up 1882. Legacy and Historical Review. For a few years after the assassination, Garfield's last story was seen as an exemplar of the American success story that even the poorest boy might someday, might someday become president of the United States. Pesca noted that in mourning Garfield, Americans were, only, were not only honoring a president, they were paying tribute to a man whose last story embodied their own most cherished aspirations. As rivalry between the stalwart and half-breeds faded for the scene in the late 1880s and after, so too did memories of Garfield. Beginning in 1882, the year after Garfield's death, the U.S. Postal began issuing postage stamps honoring the late president. Despite his short term as president, nine different issues were printed over the years. In the 1890s, Americans became disillusioned with politicians and looked elsewhere for inspiration, focusing on industrials, labor leaders, scientists, and others as their heroes. Increasingly, Garfield's short time as president was forgotten. The 20th century saw no revival for Garfield. Thomas Wolfe deemed the presence of the Gilded Age, including Garfield, lost Americans whose gravely vacant and bewhiskered be faces mixed, belted, swam together. The politicians of the Gilded Age faded from the public eye. They lost their clips by those who had influenced America outside of political office. During that time, the robber barons, the inventors, those who had sought social reform, and those who had lived as America rapidly changed. Current events and more recent figures occupied America's attention. According to Ackerman, the busy 20th century has made Garfield's heirs seem remote and irrelevant. Its leaders ridiculed for their very obscurity. Garfield's biographers and those who have studied his presidency tend to think well of him and that his presidency saw a promising start before his untimely end. Historian Justice D. Dionecki, while deeming Garfield a bit of an enigma, chronicles achievements by winning a victory over Stalwarts. He enhanced both the power and prestige of his office. As a man, he was intelligent, sensitive, and alert, and his knowledge of how government worked was unmatched. Yet Dionecki 
criticized Garfield's dismissal of Mayor and Robinson's favor and wonders if the president was truly in command of the situation even after the latter's confirmation. According to Caldwell, writing in 1931, if Garfield lives in history, it will be partly on account of the charm of his personality, but also because of life and in life and in death, he struck the first shrewd blows against a dangerous system of boss rule, which seemed for a time about to engulf the politics of a nation. Perhaps if he had lived, he could have done more. Rutgower writes, James Abraham Garfield's presidency is reduced to a tenth lensing what-if. Peskin believes Garfield deserves more credit for his political career than he was received. True, his accomplishments were neither bold nor heroic, but his was not an age that called for her hero heroism. His stormy presidency was brief and in some respects unfortunate, but he did leave the office stronger than he found it. As a public man, he had a hand in almost every issue of national importance for almost two decades, while as a party leader, he along with Bland forged the Republican Party into the instrument that would lead the United States into the 20th century. Uh, more notes. Church of Christ Christian Church and Disciples of Christ were names that were used interchangeably among members of the unified movement until the turn of the 20th century when they separated. Private Alabama speculates this may have been infectious hepatitis until the ratification of the 20th Amendment in 1933, Congress convened annually in December. In a July 1865 letter to Governor Jacob Dolson Cox, Garfield wrote that he felt a strong sense of repugnance when I think of the Negro being made a political equal and I would be glad if they could be colonized, sent to heaven, or got rid of in any decent way, but colonization has proved a hopeless failure everywhere. Garfield typically won two or three times his Democratic opponent's votes. In October 1883, the War of the Pacific was settled with Amer without American involvement with the Treaty of Ancon. The words vary in some sources. Doctor was his given name. Thank you for listening to this episode on U.S. President number 20, James A. Garfield. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Hope you stay safe during this coronavirus pandemic that look carries on into 2021 as we look forward to a normalcy that, with the vaccines out, if that can ever happen. I hope you have a good week. Stay safe. And as always, thank you for listening.